Welcome to episode 7 of the LB Performance Podcast. It's Lawrence here again. On this week's episode, it's going to be a slightly different change of pace. Up until now, I have been speaking to guest speakers who are experienced in their roles and in their fields they're currently working in. In today's episode, I'm going to be introducing a new concept that I'm hoping to introduce once or twice per season going forward. And that's a segment called chats with mates. This is where I bring on close family and friends in my life and we discuss several topics that may be of interest in the health and wellness community. So to start off this new segment I'll be speaking to Patrick Smith and I'm also going to be speaking to Quiva Morris, a good friend of mine who I've had the pleasure of knowing over the last number of years but you also might remember her from episode two. On this episode we'll be speaking about social media, the effect it has on the fitness and wellness industry, the effect it has on our mental health and well-being, our own experiences of it and at the very end of the episode we answer your listeners questions. Without further ado, here's the episode with my two mates. Enjoy the episode and I'll chat to you guys on the other side. Patrick, Quiva, welcome again to the LB Performance Podcast. Well, you notably, Quiva. How are you both getting on? Not too bad, not too bad at all. Yeah, doing just fine. Just before we hopped on, you guys were talking about your home gyms. Quiva, what's the issue with you with your order again? Uh, I, I don't know if I can call mine a home gym since, you know, the most important part didn't arrive. Um, no, I just, I ordered, I gave in eventually because I've been doing what I can with like, I think we've like two, four, ki- four kilo dumbbells downstairs. Um, but at some point you just get bored, you know, of doing like eccentric time under tension stuff. So um, I gave in and ordered um, a few plates and a bar off black box and cost an absolute arm and a leg, but I'll be glad for it. So yeah, the, the plates arrived and, you know, I ordered them because I wanted to keep up with a bit of Olympic lifting and squats and that kind of thing. Um, so plates arrived, no bar. <laughs> so I am uh, being very inventive, I guess, is what I'm going to have to do now. Try to do a bit of Olympic lifting with just a couple of plates in my hand. But yeah, it's not not as much of a, a home gym as Patrick now has. Patrick, what's your what's your situation there with your home gym at the moment? Do brag. It's, it's just too good. Like, I just, there's nothing I can't do. <laughs> No, I have to say with the whole, because uh, I know we're going to touch on social media, a lot of my friends have been like getting very, very bare bones home gyms, like just a bar and a couple of plates. And I am in awe of some of my friends, um, soon to be you two, just like training outside in the middle of winter, but like doing squats off a set of like painter stands or bins, off a set of bin lids and everything. Bin, yeah, yeah, thank you. It's absolutely inspiring to me because... There's been days where like I have an indoor like shed to train in and I'm like, yeah, I'll wait for the heater to warm it up before I go outside. <laughs> for anyone that knows Patrick, um, I suppose personally, he's very technically proficient. So I'm going to ask the question here. Do you have smart plugs attached to your heaters in the shed? <laughs> Obviously. Oh, I'm not gonna walk out, of turn course it on. you do. <laughs> <laughs> also, just it pre-warms the, the gym every day at 8 a.m. just to make sure there's no like condensation build if you don't want any damage to your equipment. Oh, I don't course, know yeah. if you could constitute that as a home gym now. That that sounds like a gym gym, you know. Another center to me, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I can't. It has to be a home gym because my class is a gym. I'm not allowed to use it now for the next 10 weeks. <laughs> True. Sure. It's a clinic. It's a clinic. That's the that's the term <laughs> that we we'll use. Just for everyone's reference going forward, there might be times where you hear me where you're where you <laughs> I can't even speak now. Where you will hear me mention Patrick's name as Paca. And Quiva, this is a story for you. Um, the reason why we call him Paca is obviously it's his nickname. But at one stage, myself and my now wife Sarah was we're living in an apartment, and Ari was only about, I'd say, no more than two at this stage. Patrick at that time was, uh, he, he got the license for the motorbike and he was just driving around everywhere with it. He comes into the apartment one day looking essentially like the black stig. 
Um, and he's just stomping in through the front door. And Aria, my daughter, turns around and like she just sees this guy that, that dressed up in all black, massive stick helmet on him, just stomping through the hallway in our apartment. <laughs> and Aria runs into the sitting room and says, Pack is scary. And we are all in hysterics <laughs> laughing, but it, it's actually because of her that we call Patrick Packa. So if that name comes out for the listeners and for you, Quiba, no, that's pretty much the reason why. But the reason why I have you guys here today, apart from bragging about our own home gyms, is to talk about the effects of social media. I suppose to start off the topic, I wanted to see how has social media affected you guys personally? Is it, if, Are we talking just recently, like with the pandemic or just in general? I would say in general, but let's we'll, t- we'll touch on the pandemic shortly. But in general, how have you found social media since starting to use it all those years ago? It's changed a lot since I started to use it. Back, you know, when I started, your MySpace page made sounds <laughs> when you clicked on it. And it's very different to like what we deal with nowadays with Facebook having engagement engineers. So it's, they're kind of like casinos nowadays, just trying to grab your attention and keep you there for as long as you can. When I first started with it, you'd have like chronological timelines of just like what the most recent things your friends have done. But now they will order it in a way that will keep you on the platform longer and even post you're not following just to, to get you there. It's also, I don't want to harp on it just being a bad thing, especially with the pandemic. It's been an absolute godsend for keeping in touch with friends and seeing what's going on in their lives at the minute. And in particular, like I spent a good couple of years living in the States. So I have a lot of friends there who I wouldn't have contact with if it wasn't for social media. So I kind of can check in on what they're doing and just message them every so often. And even a few friends, I have like a kind of constant weekly dialogue back and forth via Instagram. Mm. So. Okay, but what about yourself? Yeah, I, I guess I started really getting into it now, I guess, over the last few years with, with work. You know, it's it's quite handy from sports science, strength conditioning, general coaching point of view. I guess you, you get to sort of like what, what Patrick's saying there, you get to sort of see what people across the pond are doing and, and keep up to date with, with everything that's going on. It's ever changing. And I think I was definitely someone who was really into it. I'd say like everybody else, when I was sort of, you know, 17, 18 kind of age. And especially when you're sort of growing up and you're in college and you're in through those years, you know, there is a a lot of, I guess, focus on your social media presence and how you look online and all this kind of thing. I wouldn't say I ever, you know, necessarily fell into, I guess, the effect that it can have on, say, body image issues for, for young girls or anything like that. I never really, it's more so an entertainment thing for me. But of course it does have it's negatives and it has been it definitely has been been good over the pandemic and everything exactly the same you know keeping in touch with, with different people yeah it, it has it has its pros and cons I think I'm, I'm more aware of you know the positive effects it has on me and the negative effects it has on me just sort of trying to navigate through that at the moment and at the moment to be honest I'm, I'm really only on it for I guess a, a work point of view and I try not to spend my downtime just you know scrolling through Instagram or something, trying to do something, you know, maybe going a walk or that kind of thing, just change habits like that. So good and bad, I guess. And it kind of depends on almost what state of your own life you're in for, for some people. It was a good thing you mentioned MySpace uh, packet because at one stage, I remember when I was begging my parents to, for me to join Bebo all those years ago. <laughs> and I'm there. I know there are youngsters listening to this. They'll be like, what is a Bebo? How it's making a-, a comeback though. It is. I know people who are in their 40s that are on Bebo for some reason, but that's never, neither here nor there. Like for me, social media was as kind of what you said, Quiva, the, the element of entertainment. And especially now with the likes of TikTok, like I am all over TikTok when it comes to having a laugh. <laughs> uh, the rabbit hole would be the best way to describe it, as I'm sure we all mm-hmm. know it now at this stage. But I've been so guilty of some mornings just 
lying in bed and you're scrolling and the next thing you know you like it's like an hour gone you're like oh well that's an hour of my life I'm never getting back what you said there as well Cleaver from a business point of view like from a work point of view really it's a great way to get in touch with people and that's the one thing I want to make clear is that the reason why I have you guys here is to talk about both the pros and the cons so not necessarily to give social media a bad rap or talk about how badly it affected us but to weigh it out and see how it actually how it has impacted on us and how it has affected us so I suppose to go into it on one side of it first, the pros, Quiva, how have you found it with work, uh, especially during these times? Uh, honestly, you you can't beat it for, I guess, networking. So mainly what I work in is sort of sports science, uh, kind of rugby coach in general, sort of a sports coaching kind of area. I definitely would not be chatting to the people that I'm chatting to, you know, without social media. Absolutely not. And it's it's just as simple as, you know, everyone, I guess, is sort of on social media, all the big names, you know, all professors, people who are in charge of S&C for different organizations, national teams, that kind of thing, all seem to be on social media. You know, I've, I've spoken to sort of sports science students before about the almost the importance of your social media presence in the industry. It's absolutely brilliant for just, you know, you might see somebody post um a video of a training session or something and they'll invite questions in their caption and you could have you know a 15 minute conversation about something that you've never heard before and the best you know the the biggest expert in the world on that topic is the one who's uh teaching you about it so i i had a an interview a couple of weeks ago and um the interviewer said, I, I feel like I already know you because they had listened to one of the podcasts I was on and then they had been following me on Twitter for a while. Um, and he was just like, I feel already, like I already know who you are and I don't need to ask you about your work history and all this stuff. When I was like, it's, it's, it's good and bad at the same time. Like it's also a very good learning tool for coaches, um, like good or bad. I think everyone's attention span has dropped now because of say the likes of TikTok you know, 60, 15 second uh, videos, but it it forces you to try and get your, your point across or your lesson across in 15 seconds. So you'll often see the top coaches, the top people in the business will put up, you know, a five, six minute video and that'll get views. But if I was to do that, it won't get views. And, you know, you don't have a big enough name, but if you throw up a 10, 15 second video, just quick points, you're getting your point across. You've got a few you know, videos of uh, people doing exercises or whatever, and you're talking over, they get a lot of engagement from that. So it just, it, it forces you to not talk quickly, but to get your, your point across, get what your, what your, your learnings are across just in a nice compact sort of, sort of way, which is great for, you know, whether you're working in personal training, you're working in strength and conditioning, where maybe you're doing like the example that comes to mind, if you're coaching circuits or something, and you've got a 15 second break. And in those 15 seconds, you have to give four people feedback on their technique. You know, it's, it is good practice when it when it comes down to it. So there, there's a lot of pros. And I think if you're involved in s or sports science or whatever, um, it, it is quite important. And it's a great learning tool as well if you're involved. That's a brilliant point, actually, when you talk, when you spoke about the attention span of a lot of people. And I'd be guilty to be one of, like, I'm 100% guilty if I see one of those really long posts on Instagram. It, like even when I'm doing a post for the podcast page, I'm like, it's, it's something more than a paragraph long. I'm like, well that's not going to get much uh, feedback at all. <laughs> but then you could put up like one picture and all of a sudden that gets more likes than with no, with no caption. You can put one picture and that can get more likes than 
you know, anything that involves all this information mm-hmm. being spewed out onto your post. So it's a great point that you had there. And I suppose that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are actually going on TikTok now, as far as businesses are concerned, because they have that 15, 30 second engagement with people that they can say, uh, this is our product. This is what we do. Have a quick look. If you like it, you know, get in touch with us. This is, these are our contact avenues, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, whatever have you. So it's a brilliant point. The best, uh, the best example of that. And I, I don't know if you guys have, have heard it either. I think everyone in Ireland has heard it on TikTok, but what's the, is it the Apache ad? And it's just triple decker box. I don't know if that's come up on your <laughs> your for you page every single time I scroll through. Um, but I'm exactly this close like, to buying one. I'm this close <laughs> exactly. to buying one. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a four second ad, but you know who it's by, you know what's it, what it's about every time it comes up. So exactly I'd, that. I'd like to add as well that there's no sponsorships on the, on today's podcast. So as you are, Parker. <laughs> now I was going to say the most low-key, brilliant person on TikTok for an Irish company is Ryanair. They, uh, apologies for making you bleep but they get post on tiktok constantly <laughs> and it's amazing making fun of people clapping when they land and everything but like in the tiktok format i, I work uh, in aviation so like i deal a lot with Ryanair, and honestly my love for them is shot through the roof because of tiktok for you then uh pack the, the we myself and quiva spoke about the work side of it for you on the personal side of it i've given up now to be honest when it comes to the personal side of it like my last post probably would have been at some stage last year for you I know you have two pages set up at the moment. One of them you used heavily going back a while ago for your lifting uh, when it came to the gym. So what was the appeal for that with you as far as uh, setting up that page? I think that was more community rather than anything. Like, because say the likes of powerlifts is what I was doing. Don't really get any views, but you know, you have all your friends in the gym because I was working in gyms at the time. So like lots of people come through, everyone gets to know each other. So it's nice to in kind of what I said earlier on, just to kind of keep up with people. So when you hit a new achievement, you know, you can put that up in your fancy and they will do similar. Um, it has faded now, you know, a little bit with the pandemic and all that, obviously. And I was also just, I'm not a very public person. So like all my personal stuff just stays on my personal account, which I have private. So if I don't know you, you don't follow me. But then, you know, the lifting stuff, anyone can see that if they want to. So it was a nice space where I can just, you know, if I want to, yesterday I tweeted at, uh, I didn't tweet, I Instagrammed at Rogue, the fitness company, because, mm. you know, it's kind of making fun of something. But like, it's nice to have that open public account that you can do that. But it is locked down to just that little area of my life. If you want to talk about fitness to me, I will talk about fitness all day. On that note then as well, I can vouch for you because for me, my personal page is my personal page. I only have a select few people that I'll actually get in touch with. But then like that, the podcast page is set up there for anyone that wants to get involved with talking to me about anything to do with fitness and well-being and whatnot. And even to have the podcast is a great way of actually marketing that. But the one thing I've had to I've had to realize, and I've had a couple of podcasts within the course of the year, is that it's only one of the, the ways of talking to people. At the end of the day, the podcast will do so much for you as far as getting the information out there is concerned. What those tools of social media provides you is the ability to actually tell people, this is what we do. Have a quick listen to one of our trailers, hop into an episode if you like it. If you keep, if you like it, you can listen to the next episode and the next one and the next one, whatever have you. How has it affected you? Patrick, I'm let you go first in this one. How has it affected you personally when it comes to social media or has it affected you neg- neg- negatively at all? I think maybe more when as a teen, you know, kind of when you don't have the capacity to like deal with the stress and everything that you do as an adult, it affects you a lot more with body dysmorphia and stuff like that. And like, especially even being a guy, I know I got the easy side of this. It's much harder to be on girls. <laughs> you, you constantly go on, like your page is going to be full of all these dudes who are like ripped or, you know, benching four, five times what you can deadlift. 
in the gym, you know, and it just, it hurts, but like you, you are seeing the, the exaggerated and you're seeing the best of the best, you know, if you look around your local gym, you know, you might be one of the strongest or, so it definitely does affect you in, in that way. Time suck is a big thing that really affects me. You kind of touched on this where I will just constantly check my phone. I'm terrified to look at my stats where I'll like, I've unlocked my phone 200 times that day and opened Instagram 100 of those times, TikTok 1500 other times. Um, and that is a big thing. I made a point about a year ago now of locking down my phone. So I only had like half an hour of Instagram a day, half an hour of whatever apps was, you know, I deleted TikTok at the time because it was eating into my, my world. Um, but then kind of with the pandemic, I've put that aside for the minute just to have something to do when I'm at home on the long, boring days. But it's something I want to bring back because, yeah, I'm very aware that like I will be sitting there talking directly to you. And then something in the back of my mind is like, should check your phone right now. You might have a text. You there might be something funny on Instagram. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's a that's a very fair point. And Quiva, what about you? Yeah, like as I said, I guess I never really sort of fell into that typical teenage girl experience of you know pressure to look a certain way. I don't think anyway. But obviously, look, that's that is a big issue, and not just girls, boys as well. Like anybody who's anybody who's on um, social media in general, there is definitely an image that's portrayed and not just by, I guess, private people, but by organizations or, you know, magazines, whatever it might be. You know, we do know that has a massive effect on people's mental health. If you're all you're scrolling through all day is people who are like size four, size six or whatever, you're someone who's growing up, your body's going through changes and you might be a little bit heavier than the person in that picture. That does have an effect on your own perception of who you are, what you look like, which is definitely, you know, something that we have to have to be very careful of. I would personally say that it's a lot harder for sort of kids, teenagers, young adults these days than it was for us, maybe. You know, we were probably the first generation that sort of had it quite rough. I think it's gotten a little bit worse now because I just even know, like, again, TikTok, not sponsored, but TikTok's great. But, (laughs) um, you know, you'd often see um people sort of our age you know putting up images of 16 year olds now who are all like you know lovely makeup on them and everything and they look really well really put together versus like our our generation when we were 16 with like doesn't even it's not even worth saying you know the, the best the best picture like your the best profile picture you probably could have picked from an album up there would have been one with you have acne like it's yeah. just yeah <laughs> it is it's a it's a different ball game like and the, you know that that brings different pressures there as well um i do think it's changing i think you know kids and and young adults these days i say that as a young adult so i don't know why but kids these days i think the self-awareness is there they're, they're aware of and they're calling out bad perceptions that are being promoted on on social media and that they're not realistic they don't they're just photoshopped or whatever it might be to make them look like an ideal person so the the self-awareness is there and they sort of say like instagram is like london fashion show runway that it's people's yeah. like ideal life whereas the the bonus of tiktok it's like just people you know as they are which and i know it's a stupid thing to say i guess like a coach kids and stuff so it's anytime i see positive things that might have an effect on them i'm delighted but you know, you see people on TikTok posting stuff with like they're just lying in bed, no makeup, no nothing, not don't know. Like it's just their their general life, and that gives them, you know, that that just shows that there's 
you know, so many different types of people in the world. The biggest appeal that I find with TikTok is that you find people in what's is the, just a normal state. So there's none of this extra effort involved. Yeah. And when you see someone like that as well, you actually relate to them a lot more than someone who is six pack abs, massive arse in the gym, taking the best picture of themselves <laughs> and the best lighting and the best filters and like the best angles possible. It's I completely, yeah. like I get where you're coming from. You're always your own, your own worst critic as well. So you will always compare your worst to their absolute best, whether it be photoshopped or not. And what's worse is that if you're having a bad day, it's on top of that as well. You just feel even yeah. more worse about yourself. And then when you see something like that, you're like, oh, this, I'm just not interested <laughs> in it anymore. But you know, and this is actually my own personal story. I remember coming up towards my the wedding and uh, one of the big kind of goals for me, as vain as it's going to sound, was training to look slightly decent for when I go on honeymoon. And sure enough, then I got to the honeymoon and I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm in really, really good shape. But then I remember we took, we, we got one of those, uh, again, not sponsored Instax cameras and we brought it away with us. We took a picture and we have it hanging up on our wall, just a few of the pictures up on our wall. And long story short, whenever you're kind of scrolling through Instagram and then you see your picture of yourself from the, from the honeymoon going back nearly a couple of years ago, you're like, didn't work hard enough. (laughs) 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 The one thing I'm, I'm enjoying about the social media is that there is a lot more awareness being brought to people who are deemed unrealistic as far as their appearances are concerned. And I won't plug the guy actually. I don't know if you guys actually happen to see his video at all, but one of the videos he does, he talks about how to get a better picture in 15 minutes. And what he does is he actually goes through like a quick 15 minute workout when it comes to warming up, when it comes to getting a pump on, when it comes to spraying himself down with a water bottle to give himself that look of like sweat. He has the lighting in his gym at home. That's just absolutely pristine. So it shines down on him. It gives him that look of more buff, more pumped, you know, stuff like that. And it really goes to show that, even people who like, it takes a lot, a lot of work to get to that stage in the first place, but then to go that little one step further to get the perfect picture for me, it sounds like an awful lot of effort, but for some people, that's their life. That's their living. That's mm-hmm. how they make money. And I, I was going to say, I lament to call them resources, but there are two like channels you could follow on Instagram. There's like influencers in the wild, which is a third party recording in, in for the commas influencer. Uh, taking their photos and it looks ridiculous from the outside you know you'll see this great where they're yeah exactly what you said getting a massive pump on on the beach you know waiting for the sunset to come down but then it zooms out one thing there's a guy standing beside him with a water bottle you know throwing it you know at the perfect time as a photographer takes the photo like blocking people getting through and a very similar one is if you're on reddit instagram reality is a great subreddit where it's basically people going through Instagram accounts of these, you know, as we said earlier on, like size four models looking, you know, absolutely stunning. But then you're like, do you see this railing behind them? It's actually bent in, you know, like <laughs> where the Photoshop has curved it in. And this is showing like the amount of work some people put in to portray themselves as this beautiful or fit or strong or whatever, you know, where you want to put it, uh, person online where it's great for breaking the illusion. I think they're great resources just to scroll through and just even that, pettiness inside you it feels great looking at either of these accounts i have yeah. seen i have seen one before sorry quiva uh but i have seen the one before where you have the, the the lads in the gym who are doing the back squats and of course you have the barbells on the top of the shoulders and you have the weight plates on but then there's the element of spot where it's gone wrong in the photo and it's the weight plates on the side but then you look on the ground like they might have like say four weight plates on each side that look about oh. like 10 20 <laughs> kilos you look on the ground there's only like one thin shadow from one weight plate that's actually <laughs> on the barbell and i absolutely love calling them out sorry quiva go on no, I, I was going to say like it's it's a bit of a vicious cycle. We were sort of talking about 
influencers and kind of obviously the influence they can have on these things. But also they're the pressure that they feel to look that way, you know, you can track that back to someone that they were looking at, but then they were younger. And then that person had the same experience and same. And so it keeps, you know, it keeps rolling back. And I, I think as well, like the likes of some influencers or celebrities, like the likes of Lizzo, likes of Roz Purcell as well. If people don't follow her on Instagram, mm-hmm. you, you really should exactly what we're saying. She shows the Instagram photo and then she shows how she actually looks basically. Oh, yes, I love you know, those. She just, yeah. you know, she chose the best, the best lighting, the best body position, the best um, angle for her Instagram photo. But she also, which I absolutely love props to her. She puts up another photo of, well, this is actually how I look or this was this the shot after that you know and it's it's great and I think there's a bit of a vicious cycle going on there and I don't know how you break the chain I think what they're doing at the moment with sort of the self-awareness is definitely going to help I, I find it difficult to look at influencers um in general because they tend to be selling like diet pills and all this kind of thing but oh, yeah. you also have to understand like you know they, they are getting paid for that and you know that that's probably as a result of them having those pressures put on them when they were younger as well. But there's also a, a case of, you know, well, you should really know better at this age. So it's just a weird cycle of things. And I would absolutely hate to be a teenager at the moment. I fear for my, for my little one growing up. Like, I mean, it's bad enough that we had to experience that starting off when we were growing up, but then we had like, the, there's the, I know, teenagers now through my like for my through my own family that are going through this now and they're comparing an awful lot and you don't you don't it's not that they talk about it so much you can see it in the way they are you think just they just get a lot more conscious they choose different clothes to wear they they don't want to approach certain topics to do with say food or going out with nice clothes on whatever have you just because they just feel uncomfortable with themselves to a certain degree and I think one of those reasons like you're going to go through that as a teenager anyway I think there's a lot of self-criticism involved with that but what makes it worse is seeing those people and comparing yourself to the people on social media and yeah the other thing I want to talk about then is uh, one of the words that you mentioned earlier on Patrick was the resourceful and one of the this is this is both a pet hate of mine and something that I actually really enjoy if it's done well and that is the information that people provide online. Now, Quiva, you touched on this earlier on when you're talking about professors of different universities and high performance coaches and with certain teams providing you that information online. And if there's a good bit of scientific evidence to go behind that, I will actually give a bit of time to read that. Uh, if someone has an opinion piece that I'm willing to give a bit of time for, I'll read that as well. But it's the people who, and it's the personal trainers and coaches, and there is a ton of cowboys out there that for me provide a lot of information that is one misleading incorrect not scientifically backed up and i'm going to give you guys a quick example of this is a cpd oil i don't know if you guys have actually looked into this at all or have heard about this too much you actually look at the scientific research the majority of it states there actually isn't much benefit to it whatsoever and to actually get the a some benefit you actually have to consume the entire bottle in one go which I mean, I don't know how healthy that could be either, but that's <laughs> this has been shown by scientific research. And when people, when someone actually sits down and reads through it and has a bit of time to actually say, okay, what is actually going on behind the scenes? Or if I'm not bothered, do I just listen to this guy who just gives his opinion and just claim that he's the one that knows it all? That for me, if it's done well, it's brilliant. If it's not done well and it's just done for the reasons of, I suppose, getting your name out there or selling something, that's where I have an absolutely hu- huge issue. Have you found that much in your time, Quiva? Yeah, look, 
unfortunately we have especially in sort of sports science or in condition personal training whatever you want to call it um, you definitely do have those people who have millions of followers but I wouldn't describe them as SNC coaches or personal trainers you know that kind of way that they, they maybe did a six weeks course um, and you know fair play to them they, they know how to build a business and build a brand and build an image and they're now super famous that's the issue for me um, especially when it comes to sort of certain conditioning that I guess the reputation of SNC or the the perception of SNC is that it's very closely aligned to personal training and absolutely no offense to you know personal trainers or any of the accreditation that goes with that but they're not aligned really you know SNC is for sports performance it's for athletic performance personal training can be the same but it's in general general population just health and well-being kind of stuff so the the time that you put into your your studies your education as an SNC SNC is far greater just on paper at least unfortunately at the moment we have a lot of pts also saying that they're sncs and and that's sort of blurring the lines a little bit that we have people who are saying they're sncs online who you would perceive to have done you know four or five years in college possibly uk sca or nsca or ascc accreditation you know a bit of bit of training behind them giving out false information and you know you can you can just you can get caught into it and it's great for us to be able to sit here and say, you know, I could fairly confidently say I wouldn't fall for any false information in the conditional world. I could absolutely fall for false information in food or biology or something like that that I don't have, you know, an educational background in and vice versa for somebody else. So it is a lot of the time, you know, who's getting the most coverage or who has the biggest voice. Which I think you can sort of say, like Donald Trump is the perfect example there. Who <laughs> I hate to say his name, who? I want to move on in my life. <laughs> but you know, a, good, a very good example of someone who had a massive platform and just spread lies. Like, and people, unfortunately, um, were drawn to believe whether through you know we know of course some people aligned with his thoughts, but just some people just were sort of brought into the lie and didn't know any better. So it's a it's a very tight line to walk. And I think we have to be very careful with it. There is a lot of fact checking going on, which is good. And I, I really do like the the new Twitter feature of I think they did every single one of Trump's tweets in the last few months of this uh, tweet contains or may contain false information or whatever. Mm-hmm. I also like, you know, if if you see an article um on Twitter and you go to retweet it without actually clicking in and reading the article, it will prompt you to say do you want to read this article first? Please go find out what it actually says and don't just read the byline. So small things are helping for sure. And I think mm-hmm. like Patrick was saying as well, you know, unfortunately it can be based on what you like on some social platforms or it can be based on what you're looking at in certain shops and stores and what cookies are gathered around you. That can dictate what comes up on your social platform. So, you know, you can get a very skewed vision of the world through social media as well. If you believe one lie or one badly researched uh, headline you know social media is going to prompt you with more of them because you've engaged with it so look it's a I think we probably all watch the same documentary on Netflix because I'm uh, <laughs> I'm still bringing up a lot of things that come in that and I know Patrick has as well so um, but it's very like it's eye-opening like it really is yeah I was going to throw in uh two examples kind of from like our world in the nutrition world as you said food can be really confusing on it and everyone has an opinion on what's good and what's not you, even the listener, may disagree with what I'm about to say, but like we've gotten to the point where people can't even agree that a calorie is a calorie. 
we got to the point where it's like, if it's a carb, oh, that's bad. That's sugar. It's going to metabolize weird and, you know, glycogen. You them. Oh, it's a fat. Oh, no, can't have that. That will make you fat. It's not how calories work. And we've gotten so entrenched with everyone trying to sell their foods and sell their new superfoods or, you know, their diet program or whatever, that we can't even agree that 2,000 of my calories is exactly the same as 2,000 of your calories. That's gone out the window. And uh, what you're saying about stuff being misconstrued, literally just before this, I was reading a article on uh, the P ratio, which to really dumb it down is your lean body mass versus your fat mass. And basically the research was showing that you actually would put on a lot more lean mass, i.e. muscle, if you are already lean. So if you're one of these people who come into the sport and you're like, oh, I should bulk to get strong. No, well, the research is now saying you should get as skinny and lean as possible, and then you can put on size easy. But the thing they left out of the research was that if you remove the anorexic patients from the research, suddenly all the benefits go away. So the people who are drastically underweight and basically any bit of food would have caused them to put on, you know, a good amount of healthy weight. Um, and so you'll, so you'll see stuff like that. Yeah. So people will be like, oh, no, you, you want to take up lifting? Cool. Get down to 10% body fat or 15% body fat. And then you can really start. It's like, no, fall in love with the sport and get involved and just try to be happy. I think what you said there at the very end, be happy is the most important thing to it. And I think with social media, it's one of those things that can both uh, either make you happy, whether you're fishing for the dopamine hit through the likes and the shares and whatever have you, or it can really affect you mentally in a negative way. And that could just make you feel like crap. It can make you feel like all the training that you're doing is just not worth any of its time because you're just not looking like that particular model that you see on Instagram or that particular method doesn't work for you. Or even that trainer who's selling you their program online, you're not getting to where he is after a year or two of training, even though you're using their program. But on the flip side of it, the trainer who is trying to sell that program is making money out of it. So that's where he gets a business out of it as well, which will obviously help him. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like with everything I'm learning in college at the moment, it's what works for you to make it very individualized and to make it work for you. Everyone is built differently, genetically, psychologically, physically, whatever have you. From the ground up, everyone is built differently. To find out what works for you is the most important characteristic. And I think that also ties in with social media. As Quiva said, if you click on the bad post, if that's your opinion, and that leads you down a trail of more bad posts, if you can just try and find the good posts, find the good people that you can communicate with and follow and learn the information, that will also send you down a really good route of, these are other good people that I can follow as well. And I might fact check that and I might fact check that. But if that works out and it happens to be of good, valid, reliable information, I mean, you're laughing. Both of you guys are laughing at the end of the day. The person who posts that and the person who's after liking it everyone is on the same page and that's brilliant to finish off every single episode i like to ask my guests the listeners questions that quiva you've been exposed to this before um so uh just because you've gone first before i'm actually going to let patrick go first in this one so patrick oh. i have a question here and for all of us actually from uh, i hope i'm pronouncing this right um but uh, it's either Sirsha or Sorsha, o'brien or Hearn. do you limit screen time or have social media detox days i did pre-pandemic where I was trying to get my total screen time under two hours and then limited most of the social media apps. You know, I left stuff like my calculator unrestricted just in case I wanted to go wild that day, but it definitely made a big difference to my mental health and just my time and also my phone battery life. So that was another anxiety that went away. <laughs> um, but I really can't recommend that enough. And actually inspired by coming on today, because I realized I've fallen back into this habit when I was in the home gym to come full circle. I kept playing on my phone in between sets. Yeah. I was getting 
you know, is making the sets go way longer and kind of fall out of the mood of training. So today, inspired by this, I just left my phone in the house when I went outside. And I knocked out my set about 15 minutes quicker than I have the entire thing. And this is like knocking, you know, like a third of my set off, a third of my time off but getting through all the sets just as quick. Yeah, I definitely recommend them. Uh, most phones nowadays, Apple, Android, whatever, they if you can go in, you can in screen time, you can set apps, you can disable them, you can set timers, which is the one I really like because that way you're deliberate with your time. So if you go, I only have 15 minutes of Instagram today. When you pull your phone out of your pocket and open Instagram just because you're bored, you have to stop and think for a second, like, is it worth wasting 10 minutes of my Instagram for today now because I'm distracted? I'm meant to be paying attention to something else. Whereas if you waited till you're on break from work, then you could have a really good 15 minutes and kind of get through a lot of stuff and reply to a few people. So I really recommend doing it that way rather than the full pullback from it, at least initially. Brilliant. What about you, Quiva? Yeah, look, it's something that I'm not the best at. <laughs> um, I think especially with sort of the pandemic, it's so I'm absolutely aware of it. Um, but I guess with, with my work and stuff, I really never had time to be on my phone. I was either driving or coaching or doing something else. But now with the pandemic, obviously, there's a lot more free time. I'm going to give myself a pass for that because everything else is going on in the world and I'm I'm not going to mm-hmm. Absolutely. Know, look at that too much. But um definitely like I'm I'm getting a bit of uh, nutrition help from Nutricate and just one of the the things that she's advised is you don't be on your phone 15 minutes or to an hour before you actually go to bed because of the effect that blue light exposure can yep. have on your sleep cycle which honest to god has drastically changed now I was always you know always a good sleeper like you know never had a bothered minute I would put my head on the pillow I'll fall asleep I've always been that way but the difference when you wake up is insane um so that's definitely like if exactly like Patrick was saying if you're looking to make small changes that's a big one like just 15 minutes so you know do whatever you scroll through your stuff before um you go up the stairs then just put your phone on sleep mode Go off, brush your teeth, have your shower, whatever you're doing, and just get into bed. Read a book, get into bed. It makes such a difference. Even the minor one that worked really, really well for me is I just made a point of I couldn't have my phone while I was in my bed. Mm -hmm. So I could walk up to it. I'm like, oh, I'm still playing on Instagram. I would just sit in a chair or stand beside the bed while I'm finishing up. And then once I go to get into bed, phone is away. It's a small step, but it was the one that got me started on it. I have a mixture of those two points. And it's uh, the first one is actually what you said, Quiva, about sleep. And after kind of reading a couple of books about it and doing my own research on it as well, the one big positive was trying to increase my sleep hygiene and my sleep quality by reducing external factors that will impair that. And this actually not even applies just for sleep because obviously it's a component of recovery, but even just for the title of recovery in itself, whether instead of you being on your phone, say post-session, you make yourself a meal now, seeing as how we're all at home. Maybe instead of spending that extra few minutes on your phone, put that phone down, go make yourself a nice uh, lunch or a nice dinner after your session, put the phone away and then have your have your time after dinner to scroll and then sleep then as well uh, to go underneath the, the uh, recovery umbrella as well is and was a big issue for me up until I would say six months ago. Before I started college, I actually sold my PlayStation 4. And I noticed the big pattern of having the nights where I would have the PlayStation versus the nights that I didn't have the PlayStation. And this will go with the likes of the phone as well. Um, I remember I was only playing games on my phone there a few days ago in the evening. And I remember putting it down like half 11 and my eyes were just felt so strained and fatigued. I think I went to bed a half an hour later. I woke up the next morning and my eyes were st- still had that same feeling 
compare that to another night where you don't have that technology exposure or that bright light exposure, whether it's blue light or not. I put the, the technology down and the sleep quality, the relaxation you feel, and then the quality of sleep. And then the way the, the, the feeling that you get when you wake up the next morning is massive. The other thing to add on to that that I found has worked for me personally, and again, being completely individual about this, is not actually exposing myself to phone usage first thing in the morning. I've actually taken up a lot of writing recently. So when it comes to journaling before bed in the evenings, and I was talking about this on last week's episode and episode six with Shauna, if anyone wants to give that a listen as well, journaling and actually writing down how your day has gone, how are you mentally feeling, a gratitude list as well. Start the next day off on the same note. So actually write down your tasks for the day. Write down how your sleep quality was out of 10. Write down um, how you're feeling that particular morning. And that just really sets you up. And then once you have that, then look at your phone if you want to. But yeah, I like that again, uh, Patrick, what you said about keeping your phone away from you. Recently, I've actually started to put my phone away from me at bedtime as well. So it's actually on the table across the room from where I sleep. So if I have an alarm, which is an extra bonus, and I actually have to physically get up out of bed to turn off the alarm, as opposed to I'm knocking it off for five minutes, just going to roll over and get another bit of sleep. So That's masochistic. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than lying in bed watching TikTok for an hour. (laughs) But anyway, listen, guys, thank you so much for hopping on i really enjoyed that conversation and i hope you the listener got a lot of information from that as well just from our own experiences and our own opinions if you guys have liked this episode and the structure of it please get in touch uh quiva and paka to finish off quiva if you're looking for if anyone wants to get in touch with you how could they do that uh, I am at Coach Kiva on both Twitter and Instagram, of course, on topic when, on the episode when we're talking about social media, give my social media. Um, or send her a letter by post. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, the, that's the optimal, yeah. Um, Packer, are you inviting anyone um, as far as uh, conversations are concerned or are you just a uh, hermit? Now, if you want to get in touch with me, because I do my own podcast to plug it on your one, because you've been on ours. <laughs> Didn't plug mine. So, to be fair, I have the Instagram for that. So, you know, if you want to talk to me there, but it's at go underscore on underscore guess. And it's also educational, but also funny. Just saying, plug. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, thanks again. Thanks for having us. No, appreciate it. Thanks for the company and thanks for all your opinions and all the information as well. And that's it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in if you've come this far. It was a slightly different approach to the podcast than what we're normally used to, and especially what I'm normally used to up until now. But I really enjoyed that episode personally. I'd love to hear what you guys think of it. So do get in touch using the contact details that Ari provides you next. If you guys have anything that you'd like to add to the topic, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. How has social media affected you? How has it affected your business? Have you found a positive? Have you found a negative? How have you dealt with that, especially with the lockdown? But I think ultimately, the points that Paca and Quiva have both said is that to take it easy on yourself and enjoy your social media usage. But maybe don't believe everything that you see out there. Follow the people who are reliable, provide you the good information. Do fact check them as well. And that includes me as well. If you want to fact check me, go ahead. (laughs) And uh, without further ado, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Do think about rating, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts these days. And in light of the recent announcements of the extension of the lockdown here in Ireland, yet again, I mentioned on last week's episode with Shauna Ahern that I will be offering my contact details for anyone that wants to talk, especially in these very, very difficult times. So again, like that, use your social media, get in touch with me, and let's talk if you need to. But up until then, guys, thanks so much for listening, and I'll chat to you guys in the next episode. If you want to talk to my daddy, go and eat. 
email and Instagram. His Instagram is lbbeformance and his email is coach at lbbeformance.ie. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.